and welcome to episode 44 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. The show where a guest chooses an issue, a series or a creator and we discuss it and examine it, or them. Uh, this week we have our regular monthly guest now he's turning into. One of my favourite guests, uh, the Dean of Dundee, Mr David Robertson. How are you doing Dave? Very well Tony, thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm good man, yeah, I'm good. Excellent. Good, should we get into it, man? Because I'm very excited. I've just had a few days off and um, I've thrown myself into reading this stuff and I actually think it has turned me into... When I look at people walking by, I see them in the style of this man, the way he draws. It's a very distinctive style, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Who have you chosen to talk about this week, Dave? I chose Peter Bagg. Yes, here we go. Yeah, a favourite of mine who... um, I know we were just having a chat before we came on air and I, I have to admit to not having read his recent stuff. Um, he's written, as of recently, he's written three biographical comics about um, leading, I suppose, political female figures, I'm going to say. Um, but um, I haven't read them, but fortunately I know you've read us, read them, so you'll be dropping the knowledge on that. Um, why um, why Bag, Dave? Why, why, did you, why did you pick on him? Uh, Peter Bag is one of my absolute favourites, Tony. Right. He's maybe number one. Oh, really? Okay, cool. I can't think of who is number one if it's not him. Okay, nice. So where, where did you discover him then? Where, what, what, where does the love date back to? Uh, he was There was a review of, um, I think it would have been neat stuff in the Comics Journal. Right, okay. Now I, I know I um, there's quite a lot in the Comics Journal about him. I read a brilliant interview um, with him. There was, um, if you're looking for... Um, stuff to read about him. I know it's it's online. I think it's called um, Your Theory is More Than a Theory. It's a seven-part interview, which you, I think you can find on the Wayback Machine. Um, it links to it from the um, Wikipedia page. From the uh, I know you're a big comics journal fan, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably read those interviews when they came out in the magazine. Cool. Yeah, it's a and he's he's a great talker. And it's I think it's with a guy called Zach Sally, who's um, the glee mates of his. Uh, and so you read a review of Neat Stuff, which I've got a few issues of in front of me, actually. I've uh, I've been buying them up since you encouraged me to get back into him. Um, so did you, after reading that review, did you did you manage to find some copies? Because it's not immediately easy to find in the UK, is it? No, not really. Um, I, w- I was intrigued by it, I mean, because you see the image of, of his artwork and it's so uh, in your face, especially at that time. You know, all the eyeballs and the, and the circular... Yeah shapes in the eyeballs and, and, and the bendy limbs and yeah the lack of elbows no never yeah. an elbow in sight yeah yeah so i mean i couldn't help but notice it and go what the hell is that this would have been in, in the 80s while i was still probably reading the x-men or something you know yeah and uh so i was definitely interested but i remember the local comic shop didn't have any neat stuff um so i just kind of let it slide until i picked up the odd issue and neat stuff over the next few years okay yeah uh and then it was probably quite well into the run of hate that uh i picked it up and i thought actually this is terrific i've got to get all of these you know yeah. it clicked i just thought right i've got to read this now and get all the old ones so i did i went and got all the i went and got all the neat stuffs and all the all the first hates as well yeah, it's good stuff, man. I absolutely love it. it. Here's here's an anecdote about why I think he should be more popular than he is. I was on, I did one of those sort of twenty something holidays where me and um, a buddy went on holiday. I think we went to Crete, and because we were, we didn't have much money, we stayed in a pretty sort of chavvy 
no air conditioned hotel with a pool up in up in the hills and also at this hotel was a couple of sort of i, I can only describe them as the the sort of people who would be millwall but older older blokes you know sitting by the by the bar by the pool getting pissed um, and we were, were very friendly to us you know they, they we, we chatted to them all night and we had a drink with them quite a lot of times but i was reading a copy of hate and he said to me uh can i give that a go so yeah if you want and he read it and he absolutely loved it and i think it's got that we'll jump into this in a second but it's got that appeal that someone like something like fat freddy's cat or something like that is it can step outside of comics it's it's like viz even isn't it so there's a there's a viz quality to everyone can enjoy the, the sort of wretched humor in it you know yeah i think i think it's true and uh thinking about it i do remember having the feeling that you know if if people read this i think pretty much anybody would love this yeah i think you're right man yeah it's not like trying to get into a run of the x-men or something or even trying to read clouds and thinking this is fucking weird it's just anarchic and on the page full of energy isn't it i think yeah it is yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Pete Bag. So uh, born in December 1957 in Peekskill, New York, brought up as a Catholic in the New York suburbs, attended the School for Visual Arts in 1977, but dropped out to work on Punk magazine. Um, he was given um, advice coming up by Art Spiegelman and worked, and then worked for Screw magazine, same as Bob Fingerman. They both worked there. In 1980, Bag and his friend and fellow cartoonist John Holmstrom co-published um, uh, a small run of a comic called Comical Funnies, and Bag sent a copy to Robert Crumb, who at the time was publishing Weirdo. Um, and Bag was um, was an editor of Weirdo, believe it or not, for three years, which is quite cool. Uh, were you a fan of Weirdo at all? or? I've never read Weirdo. I mean, I'm well aware of it now in the fact that Bag edited it, but I've never picked any up or, or got into it. Okay. There's a great book called um, The Book of Weirdo, I think it's called, which is a sort of oral history that came out last year. Marvellous. Absolutely marvellous book. It's a long read. Um, I do like the fact that um, I, re- I read a quote of um, of Bag where he said, "Weirdo and Robert Crumb, Crumb would literally print the comics of mental patients." This <laughs> 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 is great. Um, so, uh, like I say, he was only there for three years, and then in 1985 he began his long-standing relationship with Fantagraphics, where he started doing neat stuff. 85 to 89 we were around. Eight, 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 um, neat stuff, and 90 to 98 was hate. Um, and then there was a sort of series of annuals. Um, 98 to 2003, he worked in comics journalism for Suck.com. He worked for some cracking named websites, this bloke. Um, mm-hmm. And he worked on some, just some almost like um, journalistic kind of cartoons. One on the Oscars, one on pageant queens, one on Christian rock. Just sort of amusing, weird sort of things, I think, he, he enjoyed. Um, he, um, in 2002, he worked for Marvel. He did The Incorrigible Hulk, which appeared in the Strange Tales miniseries eventually. And he did the megalomaniacal maniacal Spider-Man, which I have, to, I have to admit to enjoying as well. 2005-2007, Apocalypse Nerd, Dark Horse, 2010, Other Lives at Vertigo. 2012, he worked for Reset, which is um, he did at Dark Horse. And 2009, we had Everyone is Stupid Except for Me, which is the best name of a magazine ever. Um... He um, and then he started doing graphic novel biographies with Drawn and Quarterly, which he um, which are about real women. Fire, um, which is about Zoe Neal Hurston, who is an African American writer and filmmaker. Um, Woman Rebel about Margaret Sanger, who is birth control um, activist, and Credo by about Rose Wilder Lane, who is an American libertarianism libertarian. Um, so really, really all over the place. I have to say, is there any is there any particular work that just like you, you really hold up as your favourite of his? 
Well, it's got to be hate, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Really. Um, but um, I like all of it. Yeah, I think neat stuff was kind of for me, sort of almost proto hate. I think it sort of they lead into them. I know the Bradleys came out of it and stuff like that. Yeah, I was too young for neat stuff at the time. He's won a number of awards. Ninety-one, he won the Harvey Award for best cartoonist, and ninety-one, he won hate one best series. Two thousand ten, Inkpot Award at San Diego for for achievements in comics, and nineteen ninety, he won a UCAC Art Award for best writer artist, which is pretty cool. I mean, he's kind of quite rec- well recognised. I think his his sales were sort of twenty thousand to forty thousand at the peak, which is pretty good for an underground comic like this, I would say. Yeah, I mean, at the time, I'm sure you remember, it was very much uh, clothes and bag. They were kind of neck and neck, and it okay. was like it was uh, you know which one do you like kind of thing. They were they were both top notch, uh, and I think as the years have gone by, I think just because bags, I mean, I think bag is a master storyteller, right, in comics. You know, he understands it totally and makes it work perfectly. Uh, I mean, to my taste, uh, his writing's fabulous. Yeah. And his, and his sensibility, I'm just well on board with it. And the humour is terrific. And I think he is so talented and skilled. But because it's it's that old thing, because it's so accessible for people to read, they can't, yeah. they can't see how good it is, how, how masterful it is. Whereas, so Klaus has... Because he's a bit more oblique, he's a, people kind of stroke their chins, you know, and go, <laughs> yeah. oh, and go, yeah. oh, Klaus, uh, the master, which he is as well, obviously. Yeah, I mean, the distinction but, for me is like Klaus is a sort of coffee table book person, and um, Bag, you'd find his comics under the bed of, of your sort of hippie, hippie cousin. Yeah, yeah. Sort of... I mean, how can uh, well regarded uh, and you know regarding themselves well critics? How can they write about Bag as the master when, you know, it's full of fart jokes and, you know, whatever? Yeah, exactly. It's just a bit difficult for, for the, the Guardian to give that a <laughs> five-star review, you know, yeah. even though it's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I revisited some some hate this week and um, and some neat stuff, and I was surprised. It's quite, it's quite, I hate to use the word edgy because it's just kind of real life, but there's a lot of, the edgier bits of real life in there, aren't there? There's a lot of sexuality, there's a lot of drugs, there's a lot of violence, there's a lot of a lot of shouting at each other. They all spend the day shouting at each other, don't they? You know. I think um, because of the way Bud writes and the way that he, he does all the stories, he kind of has his cake and eats it. Yeah. He, 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 he kind of, there's a certain point of view in the stories, but then he'll flop it and, you know. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of like people that thought they were rebellious liked hate. Yeah, but then, but then, Bag was like sitting, looking at the audience as well, going, "Yeah, I know what you're all about," you know. Yeah, so, you know that's the feeling I got. Yeah, I know what you mean, and he, I think the, I think he fully admits that um, Buddy, Buddy Bradley is his main character that continues through a number of the series. Buddy is him. I mean, did, yeah. did you read this and think this is autobiographical or? Well, I mean, I knew, I knew it wasn't because right, because he wasn't called. Uh, Peter yeah. Bug. He was yeah, called yeah. Buddy Bradley. But I mean it's so strong uh, and it's it's so believable that you think, well, yeah, you know he's taken from his own life. Yeah. Experiences and, and the kind of things that happened to him and how he felt about them and Yeah, I felt I found an interesting quote by him today where he said, um, he writes about himself ten years ago. Yeah. And he's able to do that because we kind of see ourselves ten years ago as a bit of a doofus, don't we often? Why the fuck did I do that ten years ago? We think we think we're eminently sensible in the current, you know, 
in our status quo now but we look back at ourselves in the past and we can and we are able to lampoon ourselves back then yeah that's right yeah you have to get the distance in order to be able to make a story of it yeah yeah um I mean, I don't, I've never dug into the fact, like, for example, I mean, the thorny subject of Lisa. Lisa, who is, fuck me, mm. why he stayed with her. She was a, a proper roll and butter, and I think he kind of says so himself. But yeah. uh, it's it's very it's very honest, isn't it, if it is autobiographical to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, in a, in a way, as it went on, Lisa sort of became the main character, which was really fascinating. It's like he was yeah. more interested in Lisa than Buddy. You yeah. had Buddy sorted out. I mean, Buddy had issues... But Buddy kind of, you know, a big part of Buddy's story is he, he's like a slacker, you know. Yeah. It's that Generation X thing, isn't it? Yeah, but also so, the voice of reason. He's yes, the only sane he, man in the room sometimes. Yeah, he's the one that pulls himself out of it. All, <laughs> yeah. the, all the characters that are there and they're all, you know, lost and losers and all the rest of it. And But, I mean, he owns the shop. Yeah, yeah. He lives in the back of the shop selling all the stuff. So he's getting it together and he does settle with Lisa. Yeah. So he's kind of getting it together. And all these, I mean, his other friends, like Stinky, they're busy getting killed and everything, shooting themselves in the head. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he was like that as it went on. The I, most, I read the one, one. I, read, I, read, I read a couple today, actually, and the one I read a couple that really stuck in my mind. One was where his brother comes to visit him, and his brother is a bit sort of oh yeah, right wing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and says he's just going to go and shoot someone. And then the girlfriend says, I've just split up with him. Did he have a gun with him? And he's like, what, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> you know that's the thing because he's kind of terrified of his brother but at the yeah, same time he's yeah. like well you you go and do your thing you know I mean Buddy's very he's got a good perspective on everything he has yeah he, he's got he's, he's slightly back about removed him. isn't he yes he is yeah and the other one I've, I, I read was the one where he's working in a bookshop and he got Lisa a job as much as he didn't want to mm-hmm. and then within about 24 hours she slept she's blown the boss and he's is hiding in an alleyway with her head shaved in a in a, a potato bag, <laughs> but yes. he still has sex with her. And you you, yeah. you know you know he knows he's going to regret it, but he does it anyway. It's very sort of true life, isn't it? Not not I've ever that's ever something I've encountered, but yeah, you feel it, don't you? Yeah, you do. <laughs> he doesn't know why he's doing what he's doing, but he keeps doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, you're right though, man. I I became completely fascinated with Lisa. She's a, a goggle-eyed maniac. Throughout. Yeah, yeah. One of the annuals later on, she she has her own. The issue is almost all about her, and she decides she's had it and she wants to go and join a band. And she, but she knows she's too old now. <laughs> right. But she goes and does it anyway, and they start having their little bit of success and all that. And it's another fascinating story. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. Should we talk a little bit about the art style? For those oh, that yeah. haven't seen him, I mean, I hope you have done, but there's probably people out there who haven't. He's got a very exaggerated style. Um, enough, there's, it's exaggerated, but also often at the same time very unflattering. Um, he reminds me, I don't know what you think, Dave, he reminds me of a sort of almost like a political cartoonist where it's so caricatured. It's, you, you recognise everyone, but it's just beyond what you think makes it, makes a, a figure on a page, you know? Yeah, there is that. Um, I think I subconsciously, it reminded me of, you know the bits uh, in the in the Warner Brothers Looney Tunes and all that. Yeah, he quotes Tex so, Avery as an influence, I think. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All the, the Yosemite Sam and all that. People being, you know, hurt and screaming. 
Yeah, there's you a know, lot of shouting. Stomping their feet, you know. Every, there's, I read the one today again, the one where he looks after, is it his sister's kids? And they're just horrific. They're awful. Yeah. And they're just like having tantrums left, right and centre. And like, oh my God. And these kids are just awful. They're, they're just like screaming. And they're, you know, they're, their whole mouth could take up half a page with them shouting at him. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I have to confess that getting ready to speak to you about this yeah i i have done no research i am i am i'm fully relying on just my 20 plus years of reading fan worship of peter bag that's fine man no that's fine but these moments do stick in your mind don't they i mean i I hadn't read i hadn't read hate for five years and i went back and thought yeah lisa remember well as soon as you mentioned the kids i just immediately saw the one that's standing in in a world of their own singing the beauty and the beast to themselves oh, in, in an yeah. absolute trance <laughs> and he's like hello hello and he's like it's all this time <laughs> i mean that's stuck in my head for decades <laughs> he has a, he has a tantrum in the car because he keeps trying to put the tape on and he yeah. just parks the car up and runs up I, I have to admit to photographing the scene of him just banging his head against a tree because it sort of <laughs> echoes many of my days these days you know but uh yeah. he pugs fun at everyone i don't think <clears throat> I didn't, and especially himself. There's no holding back. Um, he, he's, he's never he never flatters himself with what he draws Buddy as. Um, the there's, a, there's an absolutely amazing one page where he's reading. I think it's it's in neat stuff because he's younger. He's like a early twenties or right. or maybe a teenager, and he's reading all the music critic magazines and all that. And he's saying, "How could they write this crap?" You know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this is this is just I mean they're talking about groups he likes and things and he's like this is ridiculous you know and he and he really goes to town on all the reasons it, it's wrong and then it's like the last panel and he goes oh fuck I'm just jealous you know because I want to be writing this <laughs> yeah well, I, just, I remember at the time movies. I thought oh my god that is so true you know yeah true about music as it is about movies as it, it is about comics isn't it I suppose yeah. I mean, they're furious because you could have been doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they are not doing it. Yeah. They are doing it. <laughs> <laughs> the, now, the, the, the big question is black and white or colour? Because I know he does change. Is it mid-height, I think, he changes the colour? Yeah. Yeah, The the that's another thing about um, Bag. You know, like when he would be asked about... Because he got a lot of flack for going to colour. I don't know if you remember, oh, I remember that. remember that vaguely, yeah, now you mention it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was like, oh, he's trying to be like... Uh, more more commercial and all that and his answer to things like that is always yeah yeah oh yeah he's, he's quite <laughs> yeah i'm being that, commercial uh because i think more people will read it <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah exactly he said, he said i just want to sell comics he said that he says it in yeah. a lot of interviews i listen to him so yeah 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 and, and the um i do know that i remember him saying he, he wanted to move to color and and the uh this the art style changes a bit in the second color half it gets a bit simpler and a bit more direct. Right, okay. Less cross-hatching and all that, because it's not black and white now. Yes. And he said he deliberately was doing that, because the topics of it were going to be like his friend killing himself, his dad dying. It was all getting heavy. So because that was the storyline was going that way, he wanted it to look even more cartoony and light. I really uh, okay. like that about Bag. Everything's... Um, you know, it's 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 light and heavy at the same time. I love that. I love his tone. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. It's it's so idiosyncratic, isn't it, and so distinctive. It's um, you know exactly when you get what you're going to get with him. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he relies a lot on for mood and and um, story. He relies a lot on place as well. I began to notice once you once you move out of neat stuff and you move move into hate. He's I I think he starts in does he start in Seattle and then he moves back yeah. to New Jersey. I think. Is that yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. Yep. So this is Seattle for those that don't know those are younger members of the audience. This is Seattle, kind of just before grunge. I think. So people were wearing plaid shirts and t-shirts underneath and that sort of thing but it was before it was around the time of grunge and it was before it became expensive to live in cities like seattle um and i think he moved out there with his then girlfriend now wife in order to find somewhere to live that was cheaper and that inspired him quite a lot and i think a lot of the places he uses are real places as i've heard him say but seattle is, is a real character i think there's two trades you can get of hate one is called buzzy buddy goes to jersey i think the other one goes buddy goes to seattle i think they're the two separate smaller trades all in black and white actually that you can get which are pretty good pretty worth getting now i know that he, go on, man. He, i've um i have heard him like you know there could be an accusation that he's uh doing like seattle grunge comics you know because it's in fashion oh completely I've, yeah i've seen him accused of that but he was he's like no it's just total coincidence you know yeah he started doing them like two years before seattle happened yeah i think you're right yeah um and then it, it was interesting that he then moves the story back to um, Jersey and uh, starts meeting all the uh, young characters from Neat Stuff again. Yeah, so all, who are now like, grown up. 10 years older, yeah. Yeah, people with like horrific haircuts. And uh, yeah, there's, there's like a neighbour, isn't there, who did time for heroin or something, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really like the Seattle stuff, and, and you're right. I'm, I'm, I think people will see it as, a, oh, we did this because Grunge. It's the same as someone making a comic about Manchester in the 90s or something, I suppose, when Britpop hit here. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, I didn't, I wasn't that connected to music back at the time, and I didn't really see it as that. I just saw it as this sort of hipster place. There was a lot of second-hand shops and record shops, and he'd sort of hang about with really grungy individuals and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, similarly, with the the place there's also the time because a lot of times the they say oh hate the ultimate generation x comic and all that yeah. you know you were doing the comic for the generation x and i've seen back go like yeah okay if you like but you know all the stories are based on stuff i was doing in the 70s you know yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> he's um it's interesting for a man who's kind of moved into graphic novels i suppose you have to do that to it you know to pay your mortgage he, he mm. i've heard him say quite a few times that comics are the ideal format i think he's what's the quote here comics the ideal yeah. format is the perfect amount of material to read in one sitting and i mm. kind of read most of neat stuff and most of them and neat, neat stuff is more of a magazine magazine size format so it's a bit more on a page but i read most of that and hate as single issues although i do own yeah. the trades and collections now but you know is that how yeah, you like to draw? yeah yeah i think so yeah i i do like I'm sure it probably is nostalgia, but I like sitting with a comic, you know, 20, 30 pages. Yeah, it's about right, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and it is just the way the economics has gone. Apparently, you just can't do comics that way anymore. I mean, Fantagraphics gave up on issues pretty much, didn't they, years ago now? Yeah, I think you're right, man. Yeah. Everything's yeah. books, you know? Yeah. And I think it is a shame in general, because it used to be that you went in a comic shop and... And you just saw something interesting and thought, what's this? No idea. There it is. Two quid. I'll take a punt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But now everything that comes out is like a £20 hardcover, you know, and it better be bloody great or it's a massive disappointment, you know? Yeah, I know. You're right. And it's it's not the same. Yeah. Um, Boo-hoo. Yeah. Now, 
first of my devil's advocate questions to you then um it's such an exaggerated style and there are i will completely confess there are artists uh in comics who are brilliant and i love now but initially i was like oh what's that about one of them being gene colon i think was one of them even carmine infantino i would sort of turn my nose up at them a little bit because they weren't the john buscema or you know the, the more straightforward george perez or john burns of this world so the question will be do you think it it takes you a while to acquaint yourself to bag style is it something you you were immediately taken to or do you have to educate yourself educate your palate almost um well i mean i don't i don't want to bum myself up too much you know <laughs> right but i just saw it in that review and immediately thought oh what's that you know yeah i didn't find it off-putting in any way because it wasn't more uh, like john buscema or something I thought it's just a different thing. I probably, as I said, the Warner Brothers cartoon sort of link, and you know, I always liked uh, Kyle Baker and all that as yeah. well. And he gets really cartoony. I mean, even Sinkovich does when he feels like it. Yeah, I never found right, any mate. of that off. Valentino, you know? all these sort of people do, don't they? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Agree. I think I don't know. Yeah. Maybe this is me jumping to conclusions, but I think the the comic collectors, stroke readers of the United Kingdom, were more prepared to take a punt and work and sort of spread themselves out all different styles. I, I kind of sense that some places in america like they would only read the underground magazines and underground comics that they found in you know head shops and record shops and stuff like that but i was quite prepared in the sitting to read spider-man and you know um minimum wage uh or you know spider-man and and like weirdo or something i, I would i would be quite prepared to do that I, I i enjoy them both is that something you you like or well yeah that that was part of it wasn't it yeah. i mean you want you wanted every different kind of thing that you could get your hands on yeah you know that that was part of the interest you know you just made me remember and think about the fact that sometimes with uh american readers and collectors you'll see this idea that oh that's an oversized comic you know and that in itself is enough to put them off and you go i don't know if you've seen that tony <laughs> oversized comics is like oh no no i don't like them you're like oh the, the page is the wrong size so you're not having it <laughs> Yeah, you know? where will that well, fit in my long box? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's probably why the change to neat stuff and uh, Love and Rockets to a more traditional UI, Maybe. US size yeah. as well. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, um, yeah. Now, from a man who has created um, comics such as Neat Stuff, Hate, The Bradleys, um, he's he writes about himself a lot. There's a lot about him. Do you, do you find it self-indulgent at all? Is that something you you describe it as, or are you quite happy to go along with it? Yeah, I'm I'm quite happy to go along with it. I think we've discussed self-indulgence before, and I just told you, yeah, I'm I'm okay with self-indulgence. <laughs> yeah. Please in, please indulge yourself. I think it depends on I think it depends on who it is. I'll be honest with you. If, I don't mind Peter Bag because he is an interesting and he's led an interesting life. Yeah. But I think I think to be honest, if Rob Liefeld did a comic about himself, I don't think I'd make it to 20 issues. Yeah, or I'd be surprised. Well, what would it be? You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm just shouting at the internet a lot. Yeah, there, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of um, maybe more mainstream artists that to picture them having anything to say whatsoever is just beyond my imagination. You know. Yeah. I mean, even somebody like, that I love, like um, you know, Salvisema, right? Yeah. Great, love him, the Hulk and all that, and Spider Man. Yeah. But it's like, oh, now here comes Sal with his uh, 
with his comic about what he thinks about life, you know, I would I would be sitting going, what, so You know, can you draw the Hulk again, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, he's I'll maybe the most maybe he's maybe issue, the most fascinating guy, but he's never shown that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Ever. Yeah, I mean, I I like it a lot because of the he's really prepared to put himself out there. He's brave in revealing himself. I know he's yeah. not the same person, but he's he's brave in revealing you know that that parallel of himself in this comic. Um, That's a very good point. And you yeah. know there there is a there is a thing when you're doing comics or doing stories, and it's referencing something in your life, and you, sometimes you do think that would be good, and then you think, oh, can I do that? About do I want to put that out there? You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've certainly written comic stuff and and prose and stuff. Yeah. And I thought, no, that's too personal. Yeah. Um, and we live in an age. I where often think, yeah, you've got there. to do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's that combination of we live in an age where everything, anything, everything anyone does is on the internet. Everything they eat and do. However, yeah. we also live in the age where if you do something that's a bit lively, you're going to get 300 people messaging you. You know, so yeah, if I had yeah. sex with a woman in a potato sack in an alleyway at the back of a bookshop, I I, yeah. I don't know whether I put it in a comic. I don't know whether I could. You know, well, as, and as you weird. did, and you didn't do the comic in the end. Well, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's a weird. But no, it's, it's. I think I think people are quite happy to tell you how sad they are these days, but they they just don't <laughs> take a chance. They don't. They don't take a chance on. The amount of t- tweets in, it's like, oh, you know, I'm so this and that. I just say, oh, fuck's sake, you know, on to the next one. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's not very interesting, is it? It's not. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we're all miserable, right? We're all just barely hanging on. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, right. make a fucking effort, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, something lively, please. The uh, That's why I write about wanking into milkshakes. That's where that's where that goes with. Um, so the, the, the quotient of sexual sexuality in this is quite high and that carries on from what we're talking about there dave it's um but it's never it's never salacious or even overly shocking is it it's just kind of weirdly in character with these strange moments he lives throughout is that right or yeah i would i would always read that i mean the sex just happens because it's part of life yeah so you know he will they will be sitting talking and then he starts feeling really horny and you'll get a picture of an arse or something he's like oh butt's driving me wild and all this <laughs> yeah you know yeah. but it's just like well that happens yeah you know that that happens in life and and i would forget that this is maybe outrageous to somebody you know yeah so you'd show somebody this comic you were reading and they're like fuck's sake you know, this picture of these two people hammering each other. Yeah. I never forget that that's outrageous because yeah. I was invested in the story. Yeah, you're right. We're so caught up in his life that it seems like a natural progression. I mean, yeah. is it, who's who's the... Um, is it Studs Kirby? Who's Studs, is he the, the one who's the talk show host? He he does sort of do quite extreme stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think when, when Buddy's... We're kind of... We're friends with him, aren't we? We kind of understand his weaknesses. When he mm-hmm. sees Lisa bending over, and he, you think, "Oh, please yeah. don't," and then he does, and you understand why he does it. You know, it's kind of. Now, I mean, he is quite open about being heavily influenced, and and Crumb being something of a sort of minor mentor to him. Mm-hmm. Can you see a parallel between the two of them? They both, um, they both draw very extreme versions of people. I know Crumb was perhaps more, more sexualized and slightly pervy, but is there a is there a parallel between them? Do you think? I think so, but with specific regard to what we're talking about, sort of trying to be fearless about 
the things you put in your story. Yeah. About yourself, about things that have happened, about sex. You know, comics in general are terrified of sex. I've always thought that for years. We need more fucking in comics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, and it just doesn't. It's because it's a picture and it's drawn a picture of sex, and and it's just people get squeamish about it. Yeah, and I I don't know I don't know what you think, but certainly the way I do it is it's extremely funny as well. Sex, you know, and there's there's so much humour that we can can be obtained from it. I, I was reading one one yesterday that um it, where he's got a friend who likes to jerk off to photographs of Erica Strada, and it's just, mm-hmm. that's just brilliant. It just like makes me laugh. I know exactly the kind of weirdness he's talking about there. Um, yeah, you're right, man. I think I think we need a bit more of that. Um, did you um did you invest much in the Bradleys? Did you read that as a series? Uh, when it ran in neat stuff. Yeah, and then it was its own series as well later on, wasn't it? Uh, retro uh, actively, I, I went back and read it all once I was into hate. Right, I, okay. I read, um, and I think there was a Bradley series, but as far as I know, that was all just collected reprints of everything that was in neat stuff. Right, okay, right. Okay, I might be wrong sense. there, but that's what I took it to be. Because I went through the real serious, uh, I've got to get my hands on everything Pete Bag's ever done. Right, okay, yeah. So I did look into, like, the Bradleys. Yeah, I got a bit of a pang of, uh, of, of oh, I need that today. I was re- I was um, marking off, the, you know, the, the issues that I didn't have today in preparation. And I was listening to him talk and talk about an interview about how he started making comics and how the Bradleys was where he started and he, in 1980 um he was sitting there with his, his then girlfriend his now wife and the, and the flatmate and they basically folded paper in four and drew characters on it and I, it occurred to me it's like oh i wonder if they exist i wonder if they're available anywhere you know they're undoubtedly not but i was thinking i wonder if that's that's on ebay you know um yeah there's there's that it's um buddy bradley he, in the same interview said he wanted a generic and old-fashioned name so Buddy is kind of an old-fashioned that you might 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 have appeared in something like Archie or something like that. There's got to be a character yeah. Buddy in Archie, isn't there? Um, yeah, and the alliteration as well. Yeah, and it occurred to me in this interview as well. He was saying that um, he looks like a combination of Beetle Bailey and Lucky Luke. I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, Lucky Luke. Yeah, I see that now. Yeah, I get that now. Oh, you see it? Yeah, yeah. Is there any particular bits of his work that you really that you really shine out for you that you really love? Do you know there's there's one bit that always comes back to me, and I think I laughed for about a week when I <laughs> when I read it. And every now off, I just think of it. I don't know if it would translate to me telling you about it, but right, it's it's a uh, it's quite near the end. It's really he's having a date, right? And um, he's in Louis's restaurant, and they go and see Batman, the latest Batman movie. He's like Batman, huh? Jeez. <laughs> And it's like, you know, what, is there something else you'd rather see? No, Batman's fine. And he thinks, besides, I'm just too exhausted to argue anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's it's him all over, isn't it? Yeah. That's Buddy, yeah. He's like, oh, God, you just go along with it, you know? Yeah. And then it's like one big budget Hollywood blockbuster later. <laughs> and it's in the restaurant. And she's saying, so once I found out, my sister-in-law was going to wear the same exact dress to the reception as I was. I raced back to the department store and pitched a fit until they finally agreed to give me an exchange. Then I raced back to the airport with just minutes to spare. Pretty crazy, huh? 
it was just like an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> and he goes, boy, I'll say. And he thinks, Jesus Christ, ask me if I care. <laughs> and it just when I read that thought balloon years ago, I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. The timing killed me. You know, his timing's amazing. Yeah, it is really good. And he carries that all over the place. So I was reading the, the megalomaniacal Spider-Man today, and it's in there. The little asides and the, the pauses yeah. and the laconic, oh, Christ. You know, there's that sort of thing going on all the, all, all over his stuff, isn't there? You know, he's just putting up with everything, isn't he? Yeah. And he's commenting on it. And, it's you know, later on, she starts having a go at the waiter <laughs> uh, about the food, you know. <laughs> You know, if it said that on the menu, I would have never ordered this. Are you saying I don't know how to read? And he's thinking, oh, just eat your chicken and shut the fuck up. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, she's got balls. <laughs> now, the, um, did you, I mean, because obviously you're a bag completist. Is that the reason you went into these graphic novel biographies? Would it have been something you'd have bought otherwise? Because I think he, he's quite open to say that oh, right, pe- yeah. people buy the, the biographies who will never have read Hate or Neat Stuff or the Bradleys or anything, you know. Uh, yeah, well, that, I mean, that's good thinking on his part, although I'm the exact opposite. I would have yeah. never bought these if it wasn't him, yes. you know. I don't have any interest in these historical characters, rather than the fact that it's uh, fascination that he's chosen to do this. I mean, are they done with a sense of humour, or are they just straight biography? What really struck me reading them was that um, the, he uses everything that he's learned. His timing, his humour, it's all in here. Right, and it's and it's all in service of doing these quite abbreviated historical comic books. Yeah. Um, so really, I think they can be read as a continuation of his work and his style. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I keep considering yeah. giving it a go on the grounds that it's him and I love his work. But, um, I'd recommend it because yeah. they're really great. Yeah, maybe it's just like the subject matter kind of turned me off a bit, but. Did yeah, you? I had no interest in the subject matter whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, we, do you think we've lost him? Another devil's advocate question. Do you think we've lost him to these historical novels now? I think he's deciding what to do next because I saw him saying he did three of these. Each of them takes four years to do. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, you know, he's he's he gets paid some advance, which would be great, except he's got to live on it for four years. And these it's days just it not won't be much, man. economically yeah. feasible. Yeah. I think he also... Uh, was doing them with drawn in quarterly and he was talking about how years have gone by now and different generation comes along as it always does and maybe Peter Bagg is viewed differently than he used to be he's like a, yeah. an old guy now that's you know you know you know crumbs written off altogether right he's yeah. he's ver- he's verboten yeah and uh, Bagg's not too far away he doesn't know how I mean, I'm speaking for from memory, but yeah. there was a feeling of he doesn't know how keen D and Q are. Uh, I'm saying D and Q like that's a cool thing to say. It's <laughs> not. It's just that I just looked at it on the that's spine. On the spine. That's, that's how it's Drawn on the spine. Quarterly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I wonder so that. I, I wonder whether there is a wave of outrage at some point. Someone will discover something that he's done, or he's written rather, not that he's done. He's just written about, I suppose. Well, that last one. Uh... Well, no, one of them he did, the Zora Neale Hurston story, The Fire. Yeah. I remember the, there was some talk of, yeah, it's interesting and everything, but really, why is like a, a, a white dude doing this comic? Um, but, you know, maybe fair point and all that. But, I mean, he's left going, well, you know, it was his idea to do this. He was interested. Nobody else was lining up to do it. 
Yeah. He went around, he went around and pitched it. You know, so he's already had some flack for, for from that point of view. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. People sitting sit in their front rooms bored and just think of things to say sometimes. I mean, do you think if he does return to hate, do you think there's an audience for him out there? Beyond me and you, people of our age? You know, I, I stuck with hate um, when it stopped and, and he did them as annuals. Yeah. You got, got one a year, so I was getting them. Yeah. And he kept aging them. So, you know, he had been a teenager, 20s, 30s. Now he was like, and he's getting into his 40s. And uh, I remember him saying, you know, there's just, you know, if there was a market for hate, 20 years ago, people going in and buying it in record shops and all that, it had, it had unusual distribution. Yeah. He said, uh, he's afraid now people in their 40s, you know, even those guys or those people that were buying it then, they're not looking for a comic about a 40-year-old guy that's got a wife and kid. Yeah. And... I, don't so know. He did... I don't know about that. I don't. He said, yeah. I, I saw him saying he did have stories for him, but it's just another thing where it's like the market's not there, you know. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? I sl- because it's such a distinctive world, it's its own, it's a cliche, but it's its own universe, isn't it? I slip back into it because I know and I'm familiar and it's, you know, it's that it's the warm pair of slippers that I put back on because I know what I'm going to get out of hate. I mean, it is outrageous and it's sexual and violent and argumentative and angry and frenetic, but I know what I'm getting. And I wonder whether someone who's probably read a lot of internet manga or something is going to pick this up and go, oh, it's a bit dangerous. Because it's kind of why I picked it up, because it looked black and white and dangerous for me, you know? Hmm. I would say in general, questions like, is there a market for this or that? I'm the last person in the yeah, world me to too, give man. you a good answer on that. Yeah, you know, I, I, don't I, I hate the modern world. <laughs> so it's sort of, uh, I, I, find, I find all this very, uh, uh, very warming and uh, fun. You know, in terms of comics... Comics nowadays that have got a market, I mean, aren't the things that sell about fifty-three copies? Yeah, you know, like you know, your your biggest comics going. I mean, yeah, there's no market for comics. Full stop. Right? Yeah, so you may as well take a chance. I suppose. I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong. Oh yeah, I know. I completely (laughs) agree with you. The um, I think so. You may as well do it. I think. I think you like. Oh, what's the market for this? Like super crazy frenetic punk comic that we've got here. I said, well. Put it out and you'll find out. Because things catch a fire sometimes for no reason, don't they? Not for no reason, but for a, as a surprising thing. You know, I think, That's right. I think, like, like I said, like we started talking about earlier with stuff like Fat Freddy's Cat and stuff like that, and the old Millwall fan who loved a copy of Hate, an old trade of Hate that I'd stuck in my suitcase. I think people kind of will dig it if they invest in it. I think... We're so so you know people don't read books on the train, do they? Just scroll through Instagram these days. But if you actually take the time to read a comic, and and they're not quick reads, are they? Neat stuff is quite a long read. Some of the hates take you a while. It's not like it's not like an issue of Superman these days. And, uh, do you know that's a good point? There was a lot in hate, yeah. And um, I think in general, he sort of worked from a twelve-panel page grid. You know, he didn't always do twelve. Yeah, panels. But it was always like four tiers. And maybe yeah, no, I get you, man. I'm looking at it now, and it definitely is. Yeah, I mean, so there was a lot. You sat and yeah. read it, and there was a lot of story because he was doing it once every three months. It wasn't monthly, and often quite a lot of dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great dialogue. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at one now. You're right. Nearly every page has got 
I mean, I some think of them. Yeah, yeah. That that, if I'm honest, I, I remember looking back and thinking he sort of influenced me there. A lot of my earlier comics were I was doing that. Right. Okay. I, and I remember going one day. Oh, I think I've took this from Hate. This twelve panel thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. I mean, I know it's, it's Inktober as of is it yesterday? It started. It's the second as we speak. The it makes me want to go and draw Buddy or one of the characters near because they're so they're clever, but almost as a simple line to them, isn't there? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're good designs. That big nose and the hair. Yeah. And a lot of the time, you don't even see his, his eyes. Yeah. Sometimes I look at his nose and I think. Is that meant to be hair on his nose? I'm never quite sure because he always he always looks particularly either sort of sweaty or grubby, doesn't he? There's a... Oh, I always thought it was like um, like pork marks, you know? Yeah, scars. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, it's good stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I, I fancy drawing some of that. And it was in, you occasionally used to see his eyes, didn't you? They used to peek out, but mostly. Oh yeah. His hair was over his face as he sort of sloped about in his shirt. You know, it was like it was it was um, like a comic series based on keep on trucking. You know, the old uh, there's there's an element of that crumbs quality to it, isn't it? That sort of loped, lanky movement to stuff, which I really liked. You know, I, don't, I think there's a, there's an, an issue of hey, uh, is it neat stuff? I think I'm just looking at it now, which is um, Babs. His brother was Babs, wasn't she? Babs Bradley. And there's there's a whole page of her just annoyingly dancing next to her brother, and it's the best <laughs> thing. It's like yeah, it's just like that's. Only only the Hernandez brothers could do could do disco or dance or rock as well as that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's kind of really amusing. It just really makes yeah. me laugh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And um, it, it's you're making me think about the fact that we really we did follow Buddy from being a teenager up to like his late thirties, forties. You know, and it really is kind of a shame it didn't keep yeah because we could we could have had their whole life you know oh man we're much more interesting these days i'm so angry all the time you know yeah i think it would translate yeah. great into something with buddy shouting at people and pushing people over in the supermarket and you know not yeah. wearing his mask for example in Tesco, do you know it's you the know. one it's the one comic that i missed it for so long for years and years and years i felt that i was missing hate not coming out every month yeah 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 it's good stuff man good Right. Any other little bits you wanted to mention before we close? And anything you want, oh, you want, I want to say? To, I want to mention a couple of things. Okay. And the first one is kind of just at the start of Facebook. Maybe the social media thing hadn't quite come in, but we had email and stuff and websites and things. Yeah. And at that point, I did an email interview with Peter Bag. Oh, right. I never knew this, man. Oh, cool. Nice. Oh, it was years ago now. It yeah. was like 2007 or something like that. Right, okay. It was for a, it was for a magazine, an arts magazine. And it, and he was so nice about it, you know. Um, And it took forever because I was sending questions back all the time. It took ages. <laughs> Brilliant. And I, and I remember, because I just thought, right, well, I'm, you know, at the time I was kind of starstruck. And it wasn't like now where, you know, Peter Bag or your favourite artist would be on Facebook and you'd go, hi, and they'd maybe write back, oh, thanks. Right. It wasn't like that world. There was still a distance. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, he, I remember we, we got to the end of it, and he and I said, uh, "Sorry, I really made you work hard there." You know, I mean, it did drag on forever. And he and I remember he said, oh, "It's okay. It was my favourite subject." You know, me. <laughs> and what did that? What, thought, did, got, what did that appear in, Dave? It was a, a magazine called Newt. Oh yes, I know I that. Know. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, honestly, the. It was probably thousands of words what I 
you know, did and sent them, and then it was like a five-page <laughs> interview in the uh, in the work. actual magazine. Yeah. I should dig that out. I think I've maybe got the original. Yeah, of that. scan the pages of it, to come up or stick something. Stick it on my blog yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to read that, man. Yeah. So that, and I do remember he. Um, I said, like, what are you up to now? And he said, and he was doing um, Second Life. No, wait a minute. They changed the name of that, didn't they? I think it was going to be Other Lives. Right, okay, right. When he told me about it, he said, I'm doing this comic called uh, Second Lives. Right. And I remember I remember thinking, oh, I've got an exclusive, you know? Yeah. I hadn't heard, I hadn't heard about that anywhere. I remember that excited me. <laughs> oh, nice. That's great stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then uh, the other thing is, last year uh, I emailed again, you know. Yeah. Uh, I didn't say, oh, hi, it's me again, because it's been so long, I thought, you know. Yeah. But uh, I did message and say, look, um, uh, I want everything you've got that that I've not got. So, you know, I was like, here's what I've got. <laughs> and I was like, hey, one of 30, neat stuff, one of 15 or whatever. I went through it all. I said, what have you got in your house that I've not got? <laughs> and he wrote back and he said, uh, comical funnies one. Oh, nice. Yeah, he had all this really old stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he says, yeah, it's all sitting in the garage, you know. I said, I'll buy all of it, you know, sign it and send it. So, he, like, you know, he gave me a price and I bought it all. Oh, nice. Good work, man. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, because uh, at the same time, I was I was always toying with the idea that I should get Pete Bagg to commission him to do a big picture of Buddy Bradley and yeah. different characters he's done, you know. So I did that. Uh, and I thought, while I'm at it, I'm going to ask him, look, what comics you got lying around, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. So that was great, yeah. So thanks for indulging those stories, Tony. No, no, that's brilliant, mate. No, I love that sort of story. Yeah, he's. Um, before we finish, I sort of just give a few things I, I did as part of the research for this are, are worth finding and looking out. So, comic good book creator ten is a special one on Peter Bag. I think he was kind of the only underground artist that they specialised in that series. It's a great little series of um, each volume is about a different artist. He was also he's also or certainly was the contributing editor at Reason dot com. And if you go over there, you can see quite a lot of his cartoons for free, which is quite good. Um, he's also He also worked at National Lampoon. I've got a little pile of National Lampoons here, so I must go through them um, and find and find what he's in there. There's a book called Conversations, uh, Peter Bag Conversations, which is, I think they did like a Neil Gaiman one and a uh, Frank Miller one and that sort of thing. And this is by the Uni- University of Mississippi. I think it's quite pricey on Amazon at the moment, but is um, a long long form interview, which is always good. Um, have a listen to A Year in Seattle, the podcast. There's one that he, he's on. I think he's friends with the, the bloke who runs the podcast. And that's a really great interview, and they, they talk about their mutual life growing up and stuff like that. Um, as I say, there's a great seven-part comics journal interview um, with Zach Sally called um, Your Theory is More Than a Theory. I think if you go to the Wikipedia page, there's a, lot, there's a link because it's also been taken down off the comic the comic journal comic book journal um, website, but it's... Um, it's in the Wayback Machine. You can find it on there. That's how I read it in archive.com. Um, there's Ink Studs. He did a, a pre, it's a sort of a pre-panel interview on Ink Studs, which is a great podcast for inter- creator interviews. Uh, apart from it gets inter- interrupted by some bloke looking for his jacket, and they sort of look around for this bloke's jacket. And the other one is A Book of Weirdo, which is a really good um, oral history of the Weirdo magazine, which is a great, a great magazine and a great history of Crumb and a lot of other people. There's just some mental stuff in there, some really good stuff. So good, thanks for that, dude. That was um a really I really enjoy this because you always come up with a really good subject and it it literally obsesses all my life outside of work. 
reading the comics. <laughs> and I put, That's good. yeah, I put aside. So I did it with um, I've done it with a couple of your choices, especially with Warlock. I've become like a Warlock obsessive for a week. Oh yeah, getting, getting yeah. ready for it. Um, and Bag is one of those persons I became in the I've become so obsessed with this style in the last week. I actually look at people walking about, and in my mind they sort of transmute into a Peter Bag style person so walking along you know coming out of the train station or something it's uh it's it's a it's a, an amazing style and he's an amazing prolific creator but he's also one that's kept true to his style all the way through there's the you know he's never he's never sold out in his artistic tactics I suppose I'm going to put it as um but yeah good stuff so look for, look for Peter Bag um we're going to move on to the advert if you don't mind just for a second okay so we've got some we've got a new sponsor this week can't leave the last biscuit in the tray. Always got to swipe the last poppadom. Or got to watch the box set right through to the end, no matter how bad the TV series is. Then why not try injecting heroin? Every day is another hit. You just got to get. It's an addiction. Warnings may cause death. That's our new sponsor. Heroin.com that's that so uh moving on to you dave so what you got going on at the moment man i know you're busy every time well, you come on once a month and you always seem to have a new comic coming out i've got to be honest with you so i know last time you came on and you announced the new project which was that comic smell you're doing a, an anthology between you all you guys and uh you've got a um a surprise creator as well so how's that coming on that's coming on very well good stuff man i've, I've now got everything from the guys that i need right to finish putting it together Oh, it's good. all in the bucket. <laughs> um, yeah, and they've announced the guest, haven't they? They have. The I guest? just thought you, you might like to say it rather than me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see. Okay, so, Joe, <laughs> so you're doing uh, so John Tucker. I, I understand it. Tom's written yeah, something John. for John Tucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Tom wrote this for for John to 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 draw, but and so we were quite pleased with that because John's he doesn't just draw any old shite you know you've seen his work yeah. it's great yeah and uh so uh you liked tom's story and uh i've seen what it looks like and it looks great good stuff man and everything looks great in the comic yeah so who else so did you want to run through a couple of the strips so i've taken it you've done a couple did you want to tease what they're about or well let me think now <laughs> <laughs> i i've done a i've done one called it's doctor time with the pm <laughs> And uh, it was uh, kind of a take on a certain Time Lord. Right, good. Meeting meeting a Prime Minister. Right, good, yeah. So, so that was kind of the starting point with that. Uh, Mike has done... So that's Mike Sadakat. Yeah. Mike Sadakat, sorry. Yeah. Mike Sadakat has done a couple of dinosaur epics. Five six-page dinosaur stories. I've got Actually, the real prehistoric beast by Mark uh, by Mike Sadakat in front of me yeah. here. Yeah, he gave mm -hmm. me his present when I came up and saw you guys about a month ago. Yeah, it's a good one. That's yeah. good. He he's done it. That's his first comic he's put together. Yeah, he brought it down especially for me. Yeah, it's very kind of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and are, are there any of the other crew taking part? Uh, yeah, Nando has also. He did his um, a kind of. I think I maybe told you before, I kind of bullied everybody to do something, you know. Right. He kind of went like, oh, I'm not sure. I says, no, fuck that, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, I'm not sure. I know yeah, yeah. I know what's what wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he came up with this idea to do a comic about a typical uh, 
that comic smell episode. Oh, nice idea. Good. Yes, yeah. it's good. He's drawing all the things that you might have noticed happen all the time. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. And when's the, uh, are you looking to kickstart it or are you just going to print it or what's the plan? No, we're just, uh, we did discuss, well, we kickstart this, but then we thought, oh, let's, let's just get it done. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kickstarter, maybe the future. I think when you've got five or six people involved in it, same when we did our anthology, there were sort of three or four of us involved, and we thought we could kickstart yeah. it, or we could just go to the cash point and get enough money out that would pay for the print anyway. Yeah, That's so. right. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, uh, Tom has also done some quite indescribable... He's done a couple of pages. What, drawn some? That, uh, it's, let's say that artworks. Right, okay. That's intriguing, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. He's promised me a review copy as soon as it's ready. He texted me the other day. Oh, it's, good. Uh, yeah, I'm, quite, I'm looking forward to seeing it, man. Yeah. And then over and above that, we we all did, uh, like, I wrote stuff for Mike, and he wrote stuff for me to draw, oh, and nice. Tom wrote stuff. For, so we've all did work for each other to, to collaborate on. Uh, right down to the cover, Nando drew the co- pencil to cover, Tom inked it, and then I, I've coloured it. So. Oh, okay, look at the artistic chops on Tom. I didn't realise he was an inker. There you go. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, good stuff. He's even better than Vince Coletta. <laughs> yeah, I heard a, a sly... I've just been listening to your new episode before we came on. I heard a sly Vince Coletta remark at the start of the new episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pure Vince, eh? Yeah. Um... That's cool. So, what's the release date for that? You got any plans for the sort of um, when and where? Well, I I'd like to get it out this year. I've been saying that since we started. Yeah. However, you do get to a certain point where it's sort of you've done it all and it's in the lap of the gods now. Right. You know, you send it off to the printer, or, or there's always delays and things. Yeah. Um, I, I find. Um, well, I know you got. Um, so I know that, Thought Bubble isn't a physical thing this year, but you've got the the digital version of Thought Bubble, and I just wondered, I mean, I know a couple of people are releasing books around that time. Oh, right, no. Yeah. No, we haven't thought about that. That's November, I think, isn't it? I think it's up then. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, i tell you something else. Yeah, please do, yep, yep. I just did another thing for Robin Barnard and his Star Jaws. <laughs> yeah, I know that you're mates. Uh, d- I've met Robin a couple of times, I think, at Orbital. I think he's a re- he was yeah. a regular there. Cause I yeah, that's used to, where that's on as well, yeah. Yeah, I used to pick his comic up at the front because it was always free on the counter, yeah. Yeah. What have you done for that's him? Weird. I've done a... Because you know I'm a big Star Wars uh, yeah. Yep. nerd or whatever. So I'm always going around with stupid ideas about Star Wars in my head. Right. And so when I discovered his Star Wars comic, I thought, well, this is right up my street. I could come up with a million things for this. Yeah. So I came up with another one, and it's called Bunker Destruction. <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's, it's kind of the adventures of Han Solo putting bombs into that bunker on Endor. Okay. In Return of the Jedi. Right. Uh, it's just a one-pager. Did, computer colour. Did you draw it or write it? Or... Yeah, I drew it. Oh, nice one. I wrote it and drew it. And uh, I, I put the, the DVD on and it was freezing frames in order to sit and <laughs> draw them, you know, reference. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I quite am pleased with that. That's. Uh, so how do we get a hold of that? Because I know I always used to pick them up as sort of freebies on a counter, but I haven't yeah, seen them for a while. I, I, well, I know Robin always puts them on... He's, I, I always direct people to his website, which uh, which is his blog, which is called Images Degrading Forever, right. which is a great title. It is, yeah. 
And then I know he also puts them on Facebook. So if you follow him on Facebook, he, he puts them up every month. Yeah, I do. I am. We're friends on Facebook. Yeah. I'll have a look. And he does, he does print them. Um, but I don't know where you get print copies from. I always just, whenever I plug it on my blog, I say, I've done this comic. It's in there. Go to Images Degrading Forever for more info. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I get Because you. if you ask me what the more info is, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, good. They come out nice as well. They look like A5 pamphlet yeah, size, are, aren't they? they yeah, are yeah, they are good. They're good. So what else? You're doing, um, after that, you got the Tay Bridge comic, as I'm right thinking that. Is it right? Yeah. I, I, yeah. That I'm planning for the start of next year. Right. Good. And I actually, there was a point where I fired on and got, say 90 percent of that comic smell put together after the guys had done the work and sent it to me yeah and then we were just waiting on one or two things so i waited for a bit and then i thought fuck it right and i got out the tea bridge stuff <laughs> right okay and yeah. i thought right i've got like four to finish this so in the time i was waiting i hammered on yeah and i found that i'd done it all i was sitting with like the tea bridge really 95 percent done Oh, okay nice so I started putting all that together. So I find myself finishing both of them, but still hoping to get that comic smell up this year and then Tabridge next year. Okay. So it's all going well, yeah, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just terrific. You know, I would just like to recommend to everybody, just start making comics. Yeah. Just get it done. Eh? Never mind the bullshit. you got Let's time go. on your Let's hands. Go. Stop watching fucking box sets on yeah. Netflix and just make a comic. Oh, yeah. You know, box sets are all right and all that, but, you know, I like to... Do you know, I like to watch... One episode of something a week. I'm old fashioned that way. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And I, I watch um, old shit. You know, I think I was watching Buck Rogers the last time yeah. I spoke to you. I got, um, I got that Brit Box. I, I downloaded Brit Box, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, so yeah. I've been watching old episodes of The Avengers, the uh, the John Steed version oh, of this week. The Avengers. Like, oh, yes. I think it's because I've just come back from Port Merion where I've just like mainlined The Prisoner. Oh, and I wow. sort of thought, right, well, I need something else that's that similar sort of mod quality yeah you know yeah. early rock and roll kind of and i just thought oh, it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant i mean talk about a little self-contained alternate university eh? the avengers yeah and the prisoner the, the prisoner is genuinely still one of the best tv series ever made it's it's fucking incredible i sent you a picture didn't i you said, where are, what are you doing? Yeah, you I did. said, I'm sitting here reading reading a comic and look at this. And you can see the yeah, green dome. and <laughs> It's amazing. You yeah. gave me a real WTF moment, as they say there. Because <laughs> I wrote to you and said, uh, hey, Tony, I can't even remember why I asked you. I said, no, have I you read remember. that Prisoner comic uh, that Jack Kirby did and yeah. Gil Kane? I was like, yeah, it looks great, man. And you just sent back this photo. Look what I'm looking at. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, we're living inside a computer <laughs> program, my friend. That's where we are. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's that's brilliant. That's That Jack Kirby... I'm sure Jack never went there. Do you know what I mean? Because I think mm. yeah, I don't think there's many parrots there, Jack. I've got to be honest with you. You know, he keeps drawing well. parrots in. But the uh, <laughs> um, I was I had I took that heart back away because I went in the car, so it's in the back of the car, and I was looking at it and thinking, this is just the best thing ever, man. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, oh, avoid great. the uh, the Titan series like the plague, though. I took that away thinking I'll save that, and it's like no. But the uh, the Jack Kirby stuff, and there was um, think, was that the Prisoner? Yeah. Was that a Prisoner comic? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well. But yeah, so that's good. And the Avengers, there's um, there is an Avengers comic out there. I think Grant Morrison wrote it years ago, didn't he? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good as well. Ian Gibson. That's right. Yeah, I've got them. They were like prestige format, weren't they? I might dig them out. Yeah, good. Yeah, you bought them. Yeah. yeah. Good, oh man. So that's it. So where can we find you online, Dave? Whereabouts? 
Well, you'll find me by googling Fred Egg Comics. Cool. Uh, that's and everywhere. That'll, and that'll, yeah, yeah. That's at the blog, the website, on Facebook, Twitter. And that comic smell oh. is the podcast you appear on bi-weekly? Yes. Yeah. It's always, always good. <laughs> I listen to it now. There's not so much crisp eating going on now that... Um, Although I do notice that you started the run this week and oh. then you all, you all went off to make a cup of tea and came back again. So it did make me laugh. I did laugh at that quite yeah. a lot. And then Mike talked a lot about Catwoman's costume for a while, which also made me chuckle. Yeah. Well, he's a big fan of Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman <laughs> Returns. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, and he mentions that quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. Good o- and why not? Yeah, exactly. Me you too. Know. Yeah. Um, so you can find my stuff at tributepress.bigcartel.com. Uh, Knockout and Tiger Style is um, the digital rewards are going out this weekend because we've got to record a commentary for it. But all the physical copies, I've got a big bag of stuff to take to the post office tomorrow, so they're almost they've almost gone out now. Jeremy is a small mini comic that we've made. Um, if you if you're very good and write to me, if you haven't got a copy, I think I've got two left, so someone might get the extra copy. Um, there's a lot of vomiting in that one. Um, Hercules three is um, about three quarters drawn now, so we're very excited. Um, that's going to be in a Commando Starblazer format, so we're very excited about that, and that's coming next couple of months. And the new secret, super secret project that we're working on, um, I showed uh, Adam, it was me and Adam Falp do it, the Mighty Falp. I showed him the um, the first 20 pages today, and he's uh, and we're very excited about what it's going to be. I'll tell you a little bit about it off air. But um, yeah, so um, go to Tribute Press and say goodbye to you now, Dave, but we shall continue talking in a second. Thanks, man. Thanks, man.